Hey, what's going on guys? Nate and Philip once again with another episode of the Pokey Talk Podcast. Got lots to talk about. This is kind of a uh, winging it episode. We're going to talk about some Pokemon franchise media and some things they could do better. Some things they do worse than other franchises, for instance. Um, and we're going to be talking about kind of like a little market update because there yeah. is lots and lots of movement in the Japanese it, market. It requires to have kind of like a part one, part two of this episode. Kind of a different design, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it. Like, it's a little bit different, but, you know, sometimes you need to have a little bit of a, of a change-up with kind of a format, and I'm really excited for this episode, for sure. Yep. Yeah, if you, uh, if you haven't been keeping tabs, uh, Japan is kind of going through a craze right now. Um some would say probably their 2020. Uh, but yeah, we had 2020, you know, all the craziness happened in uh, the English side of the hobby. And there were still deals to be found on the Japanese markets, but a lot of people really dove into Japanese during that time. And now it's really catching up to people. Um, you know, it's just going crazy especially japanese promos which we're going to be talking about and uh yeah we'll probably get into that a little later in the episode but yeah yeah we got some news and then we'll talk about our media stuff which probably be a little shorter part of the episode yeah i uh pretty eventful last few weeks too i feel like and you know i I actually won a D23 Lorcana like case, the uh, the empty case, like the singlet that has like the Lorcana name on it, and it has the placeholders for the the six D23 promos that came with the set. And I won it. It was just random. There was it was like on a Facebook post from a, an individual that said like a whale in the hobby. He has like a dozen sets, I think, or something like that, of the D23, just kind of crazy how much money he's able to throw around. But he was like, I don't know what his intentions are. I don't I don't know if he even has a YouTube page yet, but he was just like, we're doing some giveaways, and the first giveaway was a D23 Lorcana case. And it was just like the 15th person that, that matches me gets it. And it was like 45 minutes prior he made the post. I was like, ah, for shits and giggles, I'm just going to go ahead and message him. Winner! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is weird. Like, why is he doing that giveaway and stuff like that? Well, he's he's giving away... uh, I don't believe it's graded. I I believe it's raw. So, you know, but it's a Mickey card. The the Mickey promo. So you got to think it's probably not a 10. It's probably an 8 or a 9. If he's if he's giving away is my guess. Hell, it could even be like a six for all I know. It could have like a small indention somewhere, but that's on the giveaway. He's giving away some of the Lorcana pens, but, but both of them. I think the staff one and the Mickey one, if I'm not mistaken. And there was something else I think he was giving away, but the Mickey he's giving it away just around the time of Gen Con. Um, so I'm I'm gonna try to see if if I can win that. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll have luck, but. You know, I, I'm pretty excited regardless. You know, I we tried. I tried to find the, the price point on eBay. You remember seeing it dipped at like 200, 180, 200. I remember seeing it at 300. Well, I can't even find it on eBay at this point. Like, you type in like MTD 23 Lorcana case, it's the set of six cards. Like, it has all of the cards in it. 
and you can't find the empty case. And, you know, I think because there's none on eBay, I can pretty much ask whatever the hell I want and see who's willing to pay it. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's at minimum like three, four hundred dollars in my opinion. You know, on a good day, it might be closer to a thousand. You disagree with that, but, uh, you know, the only one on eBay, dude. <laughs> if, yeah. if I would post it, if I would post it. Well, being the only one on eBay, yeah, you can ask whatever you want, but it comes down to it. You can buy one of the nine promos for a thousand. That's true. So. But just wait maybe a little bit longer. Who knows? You know what I mean? Um, it's one of those things where. Now that we're seeing this, these movement on these Japanese promos, like obviously that was, as I mentioned before, when I made this move back in September or October or whenever the hell it was, I was like, one of the main intentions is to get some grails and get some main goals done within the Pokemon hobby. And now that we're kind of seeing this trickle effect with these promos, um, you got to kind of wonder, is it worth trying to make a move on like maybe one of the Poncho Pikachus, for example, because that's still in the range that I could sell that and, you know, sell some of my other stuff and not have to spend any of my actual money, you know, quote unquote money of mine. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like a maybe, but at the same time, it's like, ah, well, we'll just, we'll just kind of see. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely interesting to see as we'll talk about later. There's pretty much becoming, you know, the point where you need to make a decision on these, uh, cards for sure this year this yeah. year it doesn't have to be right now like don't don't stretch yourself trying to get some of these cards don't even necessarily go for 10 but it's like if you're gonna buy these cards you got to do it this year in my opinion like we were talking about this last year right like with the mario pikachu mm-hmm. um and obviously by next even like the, tw- the 20th anniversary festa we were like if you're thinking about bu- or even the ev hero box we we're like if you're thinking about buying these items you need to do it like within the next year or so and that still that still kind of stands because at the rate these are going, it's only natural that this that eventually it's going to price a lot of folks out. So if you're like thinking about these cards, you're going to have to make that decision, make the moves necessary now to try to get it by the fall. Yeah, and we've been saying pretty much all year, all these episodes, you know, even <sighs> back to last year, like you said, 2020 was really a downtrend in the hobby. Um, but one thing that like stayed steady that whole time was these promos. So they pretty much held steady through the decline, you know, beginning of this year into early spring, they started to slowly tick up. We were watching it and now all of a sudden just things have gone crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's like, we'll touch about, we'll touch upon this later once again, but it's like, is this another 2020 hype? A lot of people are, you know, wishing they would have sold more in 2020. So a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you should sell now because it's going to crash just like English did. But I disagree. But yeah, Japanese is its own thing. Plus, we're not really, you know, a lot of the hype on the English side was set cards. And uh, Japanese promos are a different beast for sure. So. Yeah, it's going to play out a little differently, I think. But anyway, uh, what else you got for the news right now? Uh, well, I was just going to say, we also played a little bit of Pokemon this this past weekend. Uh, got the whole gang together. Uh, one last hurrah, we had a friend that was moving away, and we had the Shadow Mewtwo event where they uh, po- the Niantic basically forced folks to do in- in-person raids, which was 
interesting to kind of revisit. It felt like it was kind of nostalgic for me. Um, you saw what was great about it with people interacting. You saw what was bad about it with people fucking, or excuse me, parking. <laughs> uh, just just uh, parking, parking at a stoplight. Wherever, yeah, or just flipping the flashers on in the middle of a road. And like, dude, come on, like have some common sense, you know. Um, just because we've had we've had gems removed here in town because of stupid crap like that. And I was telling folks and like, people are like, well, why do you care so much? And I was like, dude, I, me and my friend and like two others, we created over 70 gems in the last year and a half. Like we don't want to have to have all this stuff go away. And because of stupidity, you know, people that don't know how to be respectful and conscientious of their environment, you know, it's just, it's just common sense. You would think. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, I saw they got Shadow Articuno coming up. That's going to be shiny, but as much fun as I had with it because it was a Pokemon that was already around, um, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't as exciting. But yeah, so I don't know how much in person rating I'll be doing for like Shadow Articuno. Well, but... this is the next stage of their. Honey, this is how they're gonna like because Shadow. They've made the shadows where they're obviously they boost their attack significantly. Now you can't mega evolve them or anything, but they significantly boost their attack. So in a lot of situations for PvP or even raids, not not so much as raids anymore because um, people don't really like you know take pride in like short meaning raids like they did in the in the past. It seems like, um, but it allows them for a much higher DPS. But you know with Shadow Mewtwo with like Psycho Cut Ice Beam, it's like that hits so hard. It's like, I mean, how much better is Articuno really? You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's one of those things where they're just kind of driving into to, to Kanto and just trying to obviously money grab it. Like, I'll obviously do some, but like, I'm not going all day. <laughs> like, you know, a shiny Shadow uh, Articuno, like, you know, I got two regulars, but 90 shiny Shadow Articuno. It's just like, uh, like. You gotta evade the FOMO. You gotta be. You just gotta enjoy it, but not give in to FOMO. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. It's like I don't need, like, you know, I got decent Articuno's. Probably won't go out of my way to even do any unless there's like a group getting together and like, oh yeah, I'll join. But uh, yeah, this is obviously the next phase. You know, they had. XL candy with the level ups going to level 50 and now they got shadows and they're going to go through the entire, you know, legendary raid system to get the shadow legendary. So it's like, well, if I, if I can not care now, I'll get ahead of the curb. Like, you know, if I miss Articuno, it won't be a big deal for me to, you know, miss Abdos and Moltres. If it's like, if it's like Mewtwo, like, yeah, I'll. I'll try to get some because, you know, he's the best. But it's like, do you really need to go all crazy with it? I mean, if you just think back in the day before shadows were even a thing, we were getting by just fine and having just as much fun. It's like, yeah, they're they're better, but, I mean, you don't need them. (laughs) Especially Articuno. Zapdos and Moltres is, is a different scenario, but Articuno, at least in this game, with all the other ice types, is like the least necessary, if that makes sense. Because you got like Mammoth Swine, and then you got, um, like, especially Mammoth Swine's easy to get level 50, you can get Shadow Mammoth. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, there's better Pokemon, honestly, for the ice aspect. And it's, so it's basically just trying to get the shiny, you know? Yeah. 
Yep. I'll uh, if I'm out and about, I'll do a couple. But it's like eh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to try. I don't really even care. I even thought about just transferring all my shinies to like the handheld games and like keeping a list on there because it's it be a lot more simpler there's no shadows on there and like i can use pokemon go as a way to get shiny legendaries easy so once pokemon go um and pokemon home becomes one with like scarlet and violet i'll probably do something like that because pokemon go is fun and all but it's like you know i don't have the grind in me like i used to and it's like my second account so i Pretty much I've gotten over level 40 twice, and it's like, nah, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> but it's fun just to mess around. Let's see, what else do we have on the old news? Got some more 151 leaks. Leaks, yeah. Yeah. Probably won't go into it's, much of those, because we no. might have an episode there. I'd say the biggest thing is probably Fanatics buying PWCC. That's probably the biggest in the news rotation these past two weeks. Yep. Yep. PWCC was picked up by Fanatics. Um, if you don't know, Fanatics is pretty much a heavyweight in the sport world. Um, I was going to look up their Making IPs crap here. <laughs> what? I said making crap clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they uh don't they have the rights to all the clothing for MLB or uh pretty else? much. So I actually used to work at a clothing store for a little bit and uh it it was, it was a sports it had a lot of sports clothing and I'll tell you what, Fanatics was the most overpriced crap you could possibly get. Like here's thirty five bucks, forty bucks for a t shirt and like you look at it and it was like it felt cheap. Like it just felt like you shouldn't be paying forty dollars for this at all. It felt like it probably cost them four bucks to make a shirt, and you know, another two, three bucks to license you know, or whatever, and they're just getting pure profit. You you know what I mean? It's just like there was there was other brands that made that was comparable in price that made much better quality shirts. Yeah, like the forty seven brand, for example. You know, there was there's there's different ones that were that were much better. It's just ugh. they're just a feel of it on my skin just, just <laughs> maybe you want to like it makes me like shake kind of like because it, it feels like itchy kind of or like i don't know it's it's hard to describe but if you ever if you've ever worn a fanatic shirt you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah yeah i was trying to pull up a list of their companies here let's see what they got <sighs> um <laughs> is that good i guess <laughs> whatever you're drinking oh it's <laughs> just uh, got <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's a uh, mango passion fruit Celsius drink. It's a uh, they got really good stuff, but like th- I get this one's from Sam's. Oh, so it's yeah. like a huge pack, and there's like the only one I really care for is like the orange, and then it's this mango one, which is okay, and then there's like the kiwi one, which is kind of. Eh. Yeah. But anyways, it's just kind of like it's good, but yeah, it's kind of. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's here's the thing. So Fanatics own, I guess, MBAs in a multi-year partnership to uh, have a store in New York City. They operate the NBAstore.com. They operate um, NFLshop.com. They obtained a license from NASCAR to sell merchandise trackside at all Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, they got they got a couple other things with NASCAR. Um, they got a hybrid blend of haulers and smaller fanatics tents. Um, NHL. They partnered with Adidas and the NHL to unveil a new hockey jersey with Fanatics. Um, let's see. I guess Fanatics and Adidas also partnered up to make NHL hats in 2017, which ended the 20-year New Era contract. And MLB, they got a merchandise deal with Fanatics and Nike. Um, so they, they pretty much go into these partnerships with some pretty big companies. Um, this is the biggest announcement for the sports card world, though, in August 2021, which this is what I heard a lot about and when I started to familiarize myself more with Fanatics. Um they are taking over the MLB baseball card license from Tops after 2026. So that could be huge. So Tops is who creates all the MLB cards. And in 2026, that is no more. Um, Fanatics will be taking that over. But well, Fanatics also bought think- Tops themselves. So they might continue that line. But, I, I was going to say, it's probably one of those things where they're going to keep it in the same name, I think. Because yeah. the top's name is more important than renaming it Fanatics Trading Cards. I I would see them letting it keep it because the brand itself is better than having it be straight Fanatics. That, that, that's, that's what I would think. But the issue becomes, so they're owning the whole entire pipeline, right? Like there's other sports cards like brands, like Nini and other stuff like that, but if you own Tops, you own PWCC, what's next? You're going to buy a grain company? Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, once once that happens, it's like, okay, let's just start pulling these cards and let's pull the numbered cards and let's make it to where we're selling it on our PWC site and we're hyping it up. You know, it just kind of creates a situation where you start to – you kind of have to have questions on some of the markets. You start got to start be kind of careful about what you're buying, at least with the sports cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh they're they're trying to build the ecosystem which, you know, makes sense. They're buying a marketplace, so they have this history it appears of like, you know, looking for struggling companies. PWCC hasn't been doing so hot compared to eBay or Golden Auctions or Heritage Auctions. So they decided to scoop them up. Yeah, pretty much the only thing they're missing is a grading company itself. A lot of people were suggesting maybe BGS. Um, that seems to be, you know, the most likely option if they are going after a grading company. Beckett has been slipping over the last few years, especially with PSA's rise over the last decade. Um, yeah, you know, PSA's been around a lot longer than that, but over the last 10 years, I mean, PSA is slowly been pretty much becoming the face of TCG um, collectibles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say what will happen, but I'm sure they'd like to get their foot on a grading company for sure. But, yeah, we'll see. 
Let's see. Any other news? Um, they're making Detective Pikachu 2 coming out next year. Maybe. So excited. Well, it probably will, but when, yeah. But when it does, with the writer's strike, it might not be until, like, fall or something. But Yeah. Uh, but based on the, the writing for the first one, probably don't need any writers. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that I'll, I'll be watching that one. So. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I, I like seeing movies in theaters because it allows to break away any, any distractions. I I got ADHD, uh, and it's, sometimes it's really difficult for me to concentrate at home without distractions. But whenever I go to movie, like my focus is solely on the movie. And uh, certain movie companies actually make it to where you can enroll in like a pre, uh, like a subscription program. And it's actually it's a great deal as long as you see like two movies a month. It pays for itself. Yeah. Do you need to go see Pokemon Detective Pikachu 2 in the theaters though? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean if I got the membership like the like when I'm I'm going to see like the Spider-Verse movie for me seeing like the uh 3D version it's only a plus $2 surcharge. I mean, and I got a free pop, free large popcorn for my first visit already, you know. So like I mean, it's going to pay for itself almost with just this ne- next visit. So and I have a three month plan until like September. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, like it pays for itself if you know you're going to see movies. If you don't like going to movies, then it's not for you. But but do you need to go see Detective Pikachu in the theater? So I'll probably see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably see it. It is in the summer, um, 2024. I'm, I don't. I know there's some big movies. 2025 is the is the big year for movies, at least for like the comic book aspect. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably see it. Yeah, well, you have to let me know how it is. I mean, I will. You got to get all, all the promos that comes with it, too. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Ditch some of those. But. Anyway, uh, yeah, speaking of movies, though, I guess we can go on to our main little chat. Yep. Um, so, yep. I mean, there's, you know, kind of going, since I just kind of said I bought that subscription plan, you know, the reason why I bought that was because the sheer amount of movies, like amazing movies that are coming out this year. Um, you know, I got it just before Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You know, that, that was kind of the first one. Then you have, like, Across the Spider-Verse that's coming out. It just came out this week. Um, and then in mean, two weeks, you got Flash. You got the Elementals movie from Disney. And then... I even have somewhere around there. You're gonna have the Beast War, or you're gonna have the Beast Transformers movie. Um, you're gonna have Oppenheimer, the new Christopher Nolan movie. You're gonna have the new Scorsese movie in the fall. You got, I mean, Marvels. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff coming out this year. Like I kind of like 15 movies that look good enough for me to see in theaters. That's coming out this year, and I was like, holy cow! It's I might as well get this. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's some pretty good ones coming up. Um, Dune, Dune, the next Dune's coming out. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that's what I'm most excited for. But uh, yeah, that's I. I recently rewatched the first one and did another deep dive on the, you know, history and lore of Dune. I kind of want to try to knock out some of the books. Um, maybe very bef- maybe reads. before. Yeah, I'm very dense, almost dry at times, but yeah. Yeah, I've never tried with those for some reason, but yeah, I'd like to get in there for the second one. It's going to be pretty good. Um, well, I would say the first one was so good that I wish I would have saw it in theaters. Yeah. 
Yeah, when did that come out? Was that? It was like 2021, I think. Yeah. That's when COVID like like yeah. started really getting bad again here. Because, yeah, during our 2020, we kind of had a little bad run of COVID, but our worst year was like 2021, I think. But, yeah, that's uh, that was unfortunate timing for that movie. Still did very mm-hmm. well, though. Yeah, it was released very quickly towards HBO Max, if I recall, and that's how I I watched it. And after seeing how visually stunning it was, like the scene where like the uh, the spaceship rises from like the sea, oh my god, that was one I was like, I haven't seen such like a visual spectacle. Like the last one that I recall was like Interstellar, um, that I kind of got that vibe with. And I was just so engrossed with the visuals and. And, I mean, everything about the movie good. The writing was good. The acting was good. You know, it was just kind of everything. But the visuals is what I wish I would have seen in the theaters for. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to definitely see this one in theaters. But uh, we, can, we, can, we can go catch it together unless you want to see it with the missus. <laughs> uh, she, she might go see it. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd be but, down for sure. But, um Anyways, you know, there's a lot of movies coming out, and it kind of got us on this subject of, you know, where is the Pikachu, or where's Pokemon? There was also just a recent success, the $1 billion success that was the Mario movie that was driven by pure nostalgia. Let's face it, the writing was not the best, but it was fun. It was a fun family movie. It was. It was entertaining, but the writing was, like, kind of, uh, but... It did well in adapting from the gameplay that made it fun. And it made it like it honored the game, it honored where it came from, but also was a family movie that was fun and funny. Um, and you kind of wish it's like this movie was successful just basically on a mediocre script with great animation, but it, it hit the right key points. And then you kind of look at like Pokemon and it's like, where are they at? Yeah. Where are they at? Mm hmm. The uh, yeah the, the biggest thing for me is like seeing all these amazing movies and even games. Um, I think I mentioned this before. Like the uh, oh what was it? The Hogwarts Legacy for Harry Potter series. Like they made that game. Um, I think it was last year. Or was that the beginning of this year? I don't even remember. I, I think it was earlier this year. But that game was received so well. It was so well done. It looked beautiful. It was just basically you thrown into the Harry Potter universe where you had the same castle, same like landmarks, and roughly the same terrain and experiences. But you got to do your own story and all that. You got to pick your house. Um, yeah, pretty much live in the Harry Potter universe. And it wasn't really like an MMO. It's just like a standalone game. Just imagine what Pokemon, once again, could like do with something like that. If they put that effort in, it's just insane. And, you know, the new Legend of Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, yep. people are head over heels over Breath of the Wild and even more so for Tears of the Kingdom. Like, made Breath of the Wild look like a small DLC for what you know the possibilities could be but then a lot of people like I watched uh oh who was it reversal used to be a go player now oh, go. Yeah. yeah now he streams a lot he streams scarlet and violet a lot and uh 
he's doing a shiny hunting on there. But uh, yeah, he he played Tears of the Kingdom, and it basically made him sad for Pokemon, just seeing what Tears of the Kingdom could do. Like they could, you know, turn Pokemon into something like that, and it would be nuts. But unfortunately, they're lacking behind. And you know, we talked about the whole Game Freak thing, and you know, their movies. They they seem to just have fun with their movies and make them kid friendly is totally understandable but you know just just accept it and build that universe i mean look at disney for instance they make such a wide range of things you know star wars alone it's got like a like a little comic series you know they had the the clone war series then they have these movies and like very serious spinoff shows it's like come on just give us something like everything that comes out is amazing. Like just to have Pokemon content, but mm-hmm. it's just so lackluster in the execution or like what it could be. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I am getting tired of this. Pokemon is just for kids thing. Um, at this point, it's generational. It's meant for all ages, um, just like Disney. And Disney does that even with some of their movies, like the anime movies, like Frozen, right? Frozen is a movie that I think is great. Like, I will watch still every so often just on my own because I think it's a good movie. You know, there's there's other movies. Even Frozen 2 is kind of like that. You know, it's that was pretty entertaining. There's movies you can have that there are obviously geared towards kids, but every everyone of all ages can enjoy it. And that's something that Pokemon has missed so far. The, the, the most obvious one, or the most recent one, like just look at Detective Pikachu, right? That was a movie that obviously was geared towards kids, but they made that to where that was the sole intention. Like, they made the writing so poor, so predictable, that it, get, it starts to drag on by the time you get into the third act, right? I mean, just not even like the necessarily like the animation designs of some of the characters, which were okay overall, but it just falls apart. It falls flat. You know, it's just like we're just going to get some generic writing going on to make this movie and it's going to we're going to triple our money, quadruple our money. I think like to get you to make like just under 700 million worldwide to probably they probably cost them with the media like maybe a quarter of that. So maybe a third of that. So it was like it was a major success for them. Yeah. But you take a look at that, and it's like, okay, if Mario got a billion dollars, okay, why couldn't the movies with Detective Pikachu do that or Pokemon do that? So now you kind of have to look back at that movie, and you have to ask, did it underperform of what it could have done? And I think it's it's a real question, like how can they increase their game? And now with after Mario, like Nintendo is taking over from Illumination Studios, and you know they're that's like. Steve Carell's company or, or whatever it is, like the one they did, like the Spickle Me and that that whole line and all that. Um, always like some good movies in there, but like I think they did Hotel Transylvania. Uh, like th- that movie was pretty good too, but like the writing falls flat and even the humor sometimes. And that's, that's kind of what you saw with the Mario movie. They, they might have played it safe. I don't know. But now people are calling for like an NCU, a Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and obviously that entails Zelda or Link, you know, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, uh, for like the universe. And then you have, you know, Star Fox. You have Pikachu. You have Pokemon. 
Um, you have Kirby, Metroid Prime. I mean, there's all these franchises under the Nintendo umbrella where you can really create a, a national universe. And I, I'm one of my friend's kids were asking during the Mario movie, and this was at their place, obviously, where's Pikachu? Where's Pikachu? Where's Pikachu? You know, kind of like with the Smash Bros. universe. And it's just like, obviously, there's demand there, right? And you have to wonder, Nintendo will split the rights, I imagine, with Pokemon. I don't know, like, the legal mumbo-jumbo surrounding how that would be made. But you kind of have to wonder, do you even want Pokemon in charge of that? I kind of don't. I'd rather have Nintendo in charge of it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, based on Pokemon's track record, even their animated movies are pretty lackluster. Like, like DC Universe anime movies, for the most part, they're pretty damn good. Like, throughout the last 20 years, even. Uh, I mean, there's some, like, duds in there, obviously, but they're still pretty good. Um, and you have to wonder, like, why can't even Pokemon get it right for their animated movies? They're just unwilling to, to invest the money in it because they think it's going to be successful regardless. They, they have a certain profit margin they want to hit, and they get that profit margin, and they find that acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a, you know, revolving door. A little idea comes in, they throw it together and then they throw it out there, then they wait till the next idea comes in. Like, you know, the new new Pokemon Snap, uh Legends Arceus, you know, some some ideas are better than other. Why why don't they see the success of Legends Arceus and just run with that? Like mm-hmm. that was a totally unique game changed all we know about Pokemon games, but it made it a different experience. So I guess they kind of tried that. Pokemon Snap 2 and all this stuff, but it's like just the execution of it is just, you know, they're they're good games, but it's just kind of meh when it's all said and done. Especially with the Let's Go games. I mean, those were kind of lackluster it was cool, and it did have a nice art style to explore Kanto once again. But, you know, another point to that, like, we're so starved for, like, Johto content. It's unreal. It's like, I mean, at this point, you know, the Arceus generation has seen more, like, way more action than even Johto itself, so. Well, and then you kind of have to ask, like, if they did go with the Johto, would they honor the original gold and silver games and allow you to go into Kanto? Yeah. You know, it's, uh-huh. I think that's something it's like they're, they're missing a lot of potential by just playing it safe. Like they're, they ha- they're like, they're so risk averse. It's detrimental. I would, I would phrase it like that. Yeah. Yeah, they need to just get risky. I mean, yeah, some things will flop, but it's like they They'll just... They'll still make some money. Yeah, they just do the bare minimum just to, you know, keep things good, which is a smart play in a way, but they could just go crazy with it. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on is the downside to all this. You know, they you see Disney making their own TCG, making all these shows and all these spinoffs and their own streaming service. And, you know, they've really got it locked down where they can just, you know, crank the power to 10 and just pump out whatever they want. Um, Pokemon has the power to do that. Currently they're, 
highest grossing media franchise of all time. I mean, surely they can get something locked down or put that to use, but they're just turning the wheels of the machine year after year. If they really want to stay competitive in the future, I think they have to kind of not necessarily do a pivot, but, you know, adapt to the times and really set themselves up to become this well-oiled machine that can do whatever they want. So I feel like they can do that. They just don't right now. And I think it's a pretty big downside to them. I mean, looking ahead, like, yeah, Florcana takes off. I mean, with all their shows and stuff that they are actively producing year after year, you know, the sky's the limit there. And Well, yeah, I, I would think that eventually, like, maybe not this year. We haven't heard anything about this year. I imagine Disney's going to wait and see. But I could see by the end of the year, Disney announcing a Disney Lorcana media franchise in terms of like an animated show in the line of Pokemon. I could see them doing that. They may not do like the continuous episodes like they did with OG Pokemon, but maybe like 20 episode seasons or something like that. Yeah. They correspond with, with the sets and everything. And you have, it's, you have all these IPs and under one roof, like literally everything under Disney. And I could see that becoming incredibly popular with the kids right? Like Hercules, The Little Mermaid, uh, so like Ariel, um, Aladdin, I mean, just, just name any of them, like, you know, just name any and all of them. Imagine all of that in one show, right? That is going to be successful out, out the gate. I would watch that just to see what it's like. Like, that's like nostalgia overload right, yeah. right there. And so Pokemon is about to have, like, they've had like competitors, quote-unquote, in the TCG game, but never like this. And you know, if things go like we do think they are, like with the sh- with the a show, an ep- like a show and all that. I mean, it's going to start putting the pressure on Pokemon. Like, okay, start producing. Even the shows need a little bit of a. Well, I will say the most recent generation of the Pokemon show was is one of the best ones in a long time. I'll I'll say that. Um, but it's one of those things where it starts to put the pressure on Pokemon to start producing quality content because it's like, why? So we're the first generation, obviously. Like you know, we're our generation is slowly approaching forty in terms of those that grew up with Pokemon. You know, so you had the kids, and then you Pokemon Go allowed even another generation above that. So you got pretty much at this point three generations of Pokemon or so that are into Pokemon. Yeah. And obviously, that third gen- generation doesn't have really any buying power. It goes to their parents, or it comes from their parents. But as time goes on more and more are introduced to it and it just keeps on growing and the demand for that media franchise to produce i think will increase and i know they just they just got rid of their ceo right pokemon did i i don't know if that's he stepped down is what it was he stepped down is what it was i don't know if that maybe is a sign of wanting to have a little shakeup of a different direction yeah, I was thinking that too. And he is getting up there in age. Um, so, yeah, maybe he wanted to change it up. Um, he's still involved. He just stepped down, like, as his position. But, uh, yeah, it, it could could mean a sign for a little shakeup for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you have all these, like, media franchises. You got, obviously, Marvel as well established. DC's doing kind of a soft reboot. 
Um, and, you know, a lot of people are here for that. But after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think anybody who questions James Dunn's ability to create a success in the comic book world is naive and ignorant at best. Um, it's one of those things where I'm so hyped for it because I'm obviously, I love comics, but I'm obviously a huge DC guy first and foremost. So that's, I'm really excited for that. And then you start to have this NCU possibility with the Mario success and, and then you have Mortal Kombat starting to have its own franchise with, with these movies. I mean, you just really have to ask yourself, where's Pokemon? Where is the biggest IP brand in the world? Yeah. They don't have the success that merits their standing, honestly, outside. Like, they just, they're kind of, they're still kind of going off, like, the same formula, more or less, from 20 years ago, aren't they? 20, 25 years ago, it seems like it. Yeah. I mean, they are doing more with the games, and they are producing a little more, like, you know, sets per year. They're doing the special sets and all, but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, pretty much like Game Freak in general. It's just kind of, you know, status quo doing the thing. But, yeah. She's very disappointing. And I do like the games. Like, I like Scarlet and Violet. But, you know, story aspect-wise are just very much surface level. You know, this time around, though, it, it was more quality that was really disappointing than anything else. But, yeah, I don't know. They could just do so much more. And, yeah, in the in, it's almost kind of like now the way to, like, get success as far as, like, getting yourself out there is, you know, be present on social media. You almost have to build a presence or build a following or, you know, your own little circle. That's essentially what these brands have done. They've they've built their following, obviously, over the years just by being who they are and what they've done. You know, Disney, example, no surprise there. But they're, they're expanding on that. They're building a family. They're building their streaming service. They're building all these shows. Instead of having one show that appeals to their biggest audience, they, they have, like, five shows that appeal to everybody. Yeah, so. either even starting to do that with Marvel to an extent because you have the biggest issues that complaints I've had against the MCU, and now I'd be one of those people that have said this as well. Like, first off, obviously, I know I said I'm a DC guy, but like I said, I love comics. I love the whole MCU. I watch those movies every year. Yes, every year. And you have to ask yourself with their formula that they've used, it's kind of became exhausting. Like, I know, like, especially their most from phase four to five, really. Well, five just started, but this is like phase four really was kind of lackluster. Even the ones that were supposed to be successful were lackluster because like I didn't like Shang-Chi because it was predictable. It was so predictable and it was the same old thing. People are like, oh, it was so good. It's like, eh, hold, hold that thought there. Yeah. I don't think that movie's going to age well. The, the initial reactions were like, oh, it's good because it was, you know, it was kind of, it, it was the, pretty much all Asian cast. So it was, it was, you haven't seen that before. It was, so it's kind of like something they did with the Black Panther. And that was cool. I personally had some issues with the propaganda they had with, like, the Chinese propaganda. Like, they were trying to get it in China, and they couldn't get it in China. And But, like, the writing was still there. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if you ever go back and rewatch that movie and see how much they, uh, they condescend on, like, Americans in general. And, like, kind of have this, this, like, mentality that definitely was meant to appeal towards a 
Chinese audience, and it was it was so thick. I was like, ugh, it, it, like I I kind of I, I I didn't like it because of that. You know, it was entertaining of a movie, I'll admit, but like it was one of those things where I just didn't really care for it. And I think as you like, I love the actor that played the Shang Chi. I think he was fantastic, but. Overall, you just kind of have to ask yourself, it's the same old thing time and time again. But they're now they're trying to branch out a little bit by resurrecting the Daredevil series from Netflix. That was some of the best Marvel content ever made because, it, yes, it was gritty, but it was like the full potential of what Marvel could be with Daredevil and the Punisher. Whereas we have what Mar- we have what Disney has made it to be. And they're trying to honor the Daredevil seasons with how gritty it was, how violent it was, how real grounded it was. And they're going to try to keep that sort of tone into the next season. And we'll see if they're able to maintain it. But the biggest thing is it's like it still feels like it's meant for children, right? The MCU. And that's one reason why people are getting tired of it, because it's just the same thing over and over again. That's why Guardians 3 was so good, because it was different. It had this, like, emotional, heartfelt moments. And it had these... these uh, unique things that you haven't seen in a while in the MCU. That's what made it so successful is they deviated from the norm. And it's just one of those things where you can see how successful you can be if you deviate from the norm. <laughs> Pokemon, right? Yeah. But you're so afraid to go away from it because you just need that money. But then you get like what you had with Ant-Man Ant- Quantumania, how it just flopped. <laughs> what was the main problem with that one? So the CGI, I actually just watched it like two weeks ago, and the CGI was pretty, pretty bad. Um, Modoc was like almost like a joke. Like it, you couldn't believe they actually somebody okay that design and that CGI with that. Like it could have had potential. Like it was the visuals were cool. Like with like some of the characters. But there was like no development on these characters. They were just kind of there, and they were just kind of meant to be like. It seems like they were trying to duplicate a James Gunn movie, but missing the whole time. And then there was like this lack of character development that would have played a significant role in like um, what Paul Rudd's daughter, like Ant-Man's daughter or or whatever. Like they're trying to make her like the next Ant-Man in some ways, which is fine. But like there's no development, really. It was just like, yeah, like there was the, the, the whole dialogue was like. For plot development, but not character development, if that makes sense. It's like jumping. Like, all of a sudden, you're jumping to the next aspect. Like, yeah. oh, we're in the quantum realm now. And, like, there was no, there was like almost no development. It's like, okay, we're, we're here. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and, yeah. like, the, the, the best part of that movie was Jonathan Majors. And based on the legal issues he's in, who knows if he's even going to see another another time on, on, on the big screen. Because he's what, he made that movie watchable, his incredible acting. And without Jonathan Majors, that movie is the worst Marvel movie ever. Yeah. Like, straight up. Yeah, straight up. Like, I would say that. that He alone carried that movie to make it decent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, even so, I mean, just a blimp in the sea of movies. Like, Pokemon is worried about doing all that stuff. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll be fine. They're more future proof than even Disney, I would say, like as far as doing something. But I don't know. They just need to figure it out and step up their game like we always say. <laughs> but we'll see if it happens. 
Yeah, I mean, you got other movies that you kind of looked at like that really did well by going for a general audience was Puss in Boots 2, The Last Wish. If you haven't seen that movie, it is incredible. Um, they did take some inspiration from Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse a little bit with some of the animation style. But they adopted it in a certain way that kind of made it its own. And the villain in there was like, even I, like, I, I loved it. But, like, a lot of kids were like, it's scary. Like, it was it was that good. No, it was, they had the villain be, be like, that good. Like, genuinely, like, an actual villain. And the animation was just so crisp and incredible. Like, it's, you see that, and it's like, Pokemon could do this, but chooses not to. So. Yeah. Haven't seen that one either. Can't say I will, but... It's pretty good. Like it's 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 like got like an eight point oh IMDb rating or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, knowing that and knowing the scale of the Poose in Boots franchise. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Just once again it's like why can't Pokemon do that? But mm-hmm. anyway though, yeah, that it's kind of pretty much all I wanted to touch on. I know it's kind of a dry topic, but with all these, you know, Mario's and all that now, all the talk with the Mario movie, it's just, man, it's, you know, I feel like we needed to talk about it again. But if you'd like, though, we can go ahead and hop into our Japanese well, market talk. Unless you got for sure, I, I just want to say one more thing. One more thing. One more um, thing. Uh, but uh, I kind of understand probably why we won't see this. Um, but I would like more TCG collaborations with the. This is kind of like Pokemon getting out, outside of its norm, right? We saw it with Mario P- Pikachu, and now that like Dragon Ball has its own card game again, well, I guess they've had it for a while. Then you have now One Piece has their own, and. You know, Naruto had their own, but not anymore. But then you have something like Ichigo Bleach. You, know, you have all these big IPs, or even like, well, Demon Slayer has their own card game now. Everybody has their own card game now. But what I would like to see is more collaborations. Um, like Lord of the Rings and Magic recently, or they currently have one right now. And I would like to see more stuff like that. Kind of these special sets with collaborations. Um, that's something that I think can make it more intriguing. And I don't know if we will even, maybe even promos sets would be cool, but promos would like seeing standalone promos would, would be sufficient in and of itself if necessary, if that's all we could get. But that's something else that they could do to like reach more audiences without sacrificing their, their, uh, IP, like their, their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magic that that's pretty much how they're surviving right now is doing all these collabs um lord of the rings one seems to be the biggest so far um they got the one ring which is a one of one yeah so there's gonna be a whole chase on that they have collectors has anybody boxes. found that card yet uh the set isn't released yet oh i thought i thought it already came out i remember hearing about that card like five months ago i feel like yeah well, it was probably a couple months ago, but yeah, it seems like a, a while. They're definitely hitting the marketing hard, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a good set. They have these collector boxes that are going pretty crazy right now, um, but yeah, I mean, relying on that hype 
it's just, you know, kind of sad to see that happen, but at least Magic's got a little something going for it. But yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to see those collabs. You know, Watsy and Pokemon kind of still have the beef. Um but yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard for those collabs when you're talking about across the games, but you know, we've we've seen plenty of clothing line collabs, especially with artists like you uh-huh. Nagaba with the EV promos. I mean, that stuff is just instant classic, you know, just having those cards and it's just such a cool thing to do and hopefully there's more of that going on. But yeah. Why not Pokemon and Lego? I mean Pokemon. Or or that one. Yeah, that would be cool too. Have like a Lego thing set, right? That that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about that before. I mean, Pokemon has their own Lego style toys, which suck because, you know, they're not Lego. But yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to see something like that official Lego line of Pokemon and then that could be literally win-win for both companies and they could go however far they want with that. <laughs> so that would that would be insane. But yeah, I guess moving on to the Japanese talk and the little market update. Um we're just going to kind of touch on some things in the Japanese market, like we said, it has been kind of going crazy. It's like a 2020 2.0 as far as prices go, but I think there's a lot of differences that we can look at this time around. Like we said, the main focus for us has been on Japanese unique promos. Um, just to get a sense of some of these cards and how crazy they've been, I think I sent this to you. Like for my 20th anniversary Festa Pikachu, it was the beginning of 2022 when I bought this card, okay? I, what was it? I bought the card for like 2800 took a risk on a raw copy because PSA 10s were going for like thirty five to 4000 at the time. Got lucky, got the 10, cards worth like 4000 All the way up until... The end of last year, it was worth about 4000 never really moved, but stayed very steady, which, you know, we talked about. Moving into probably beginning of April, that card had went up to about 6000 And, you know, I purely thought it was just because there were less copies. As at most, you'd only see one to three copies of most of these cards, like Mario, Pikachu, 20th Vesta and the ponchos that we're going to talk about. At most, you'd only see one to three of those on eBay at any given time. So, you know, it's people pricing it, whatever they want, trying to get more. So that's kind of the situation you saw at the beginning of the year. But all of a sudden, all the ones that went at auction for April and May have been climbing very drastically. I think one of them in early April was auctioned by... Either TCA Gaming or the next one was um, old Rusty over there. One sold for like thirteen thousand, and then another one auctioned like a week later, like the middle of May, or maybe the second week of May, um, going for like fourteen something thousand. 
So that's the scale we're talking about when we're talking about this 2020 craze that has seemed to transfer into Japan in 2023. So, yeah, lots of different aspects. Mario Pikachu has been going up. Poncho Pikachus have been going up. The real drastic change I've noticed is in the 10s. Um, the 9s are slowly going pretty sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. So I know you were looking at the uh, ponchos quite a bit. Um, yeah. yeah what did um, you find out on those? So I remember looking at them. So they, I remember it was the Gyarados poncho. Um, let me try to, I got a bunch of pages open right here. Um, so yeah, the Gyarados poncho, whenever I sold my first batch of cards to Yeti Gaming, like to try to get the uh, D20 Lurkana set, I if you remember the PSA 9 was around 1100 bucks. Um, you know, I, I think it was like 1300 on eBay. He had it. Um, probably could have gotten him down to 1000 if I paid 1000 cash or something. But anyways, um, the nines are kind of going in that regard. Still, there was, let's see, there was one about five weeks ago, less than 1100 uh, eBay. Um, you know, but in the, in they were around, if I remember, about 1800 or so in a 10. It was around there. Well, now that card is 2500 just sold May 28th, so a few days ago. Uh, from from this recording, twenty five hundred. There's another one, you know. There's there was one at two k. So the, at March twenty March twenty second. So you kind of start seeing the growth then. May third, even though it's still nineteen hundred. But so in the last month or so, we've seen a jump with these tens, and you know now I would say they're probably comfortably around twenty five hundred at, at this point. So we we are seeing the growth in real time. The the, the ponchos are have been the last one so far of the. Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, the 20th anniversary Festa. We, 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 we even talked about this, did we not, Nathan? How we were like, okay, it's going to be 20th anniversary Festa. It's going to be the Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, and eventually it's going to trickle to the ponchos. And look what's happening. It's, ex- it's exactly that. And the nines, as you mentioned, is kind of slow. The tens are going up, but the tens are, are approaching $3,000 now. Um, the Gyarados one, the... The uh, the big one, the Mega Charizard X, it, the the most unique Poncho Pikachu is pretty much hitting 4K now. Um, so if you looked at it from where where is it at? I think I had a price market somewhere for that one. It was so that one was around 2,500 even last year, but in the last few months we start seeing it go up, up, up. And one of the most recent ones was four thousand dollars. And that one's going to be the most expensive out of any in this line. After that, I'll probably say it's a shiny Rayquaza or so, I would say. Um, maybe the other Mega Charger. Yeah, this one right here, it's, uh, you know, May 10th, 3300 May 28th, 4000 over 40 bids. And that was, by probs team, one of the most uh, biggest sellers there, there is in on eBay for TCG for, for Pokemon. I would say that card is probably we still need to see more. There's not a whole lot coming up, so it's hard to really kind of say what the market is officially. But if you look at the ones that are being asked, like so, there's several now that are up on auction. There's two on auction. They just got they just got posted. Um, you can tell movement is starting to happen. People are paying attention to this. This is the probe scene. They're both probe scene actually so they're seeing the movement and they're taking advantage of it they're throwing up on eBay. there's a there's a buy it now i mean there, there's a yeah buy it now there's fifteen thousand. is that sm pratt 
Right. I'm curious if it's. Oh, I've seen oh, if this I was see. S and Pratt's. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a sign auto is why. Um, oh. So it's a PSA 10 and it's an auto 10. So that makes sense. That's why they're asking that much. Um, I for, uh, what there was a black label, I think, of the Mega Charizard. Um, if I remember Vince from Yeti. He said uh, it was like eight or nine thousand dollars. He sold it for um, back in fall. Yeah, you know, um, this one is going up. Like this is re- real time. I, I don't anybody that are interested in these grails in the hobby because that's what they are. In most of these ponchos are around a thousand or so in terms of PSA ten pop report. Um, looking at it right now, let's see. It's an XY promo. Where is it at? The twentieth anniversary press is eight hundred. We remember that. Um, I think it's eleven twenty nine for the Mega Charizard. Most of them are around a thousand. Uh, I would have to double check on all of them, but most of them are going to be around about a thousand or so pop report. So pr- overall, a thousand obviously is like eight times what the first edition in Charizard is, right? Yeah. But a thousand in the pop report still really isn't that much for some of these cards, which are some of the crown jewels in the hobby. A thousand can still demand high, high amounts of money. I, I said, and you kind of like, you're like, dude, was like, I think the 20th anniversary festa is a fifty thousand card in ten years. I do, and yeah. I, I mean, we're a third of the way there. <laughs> well, we'd only have to double, you know, two uh, or three more I mean, times. I'm, I'm just saying, with the, it's they stand out in the hobby. They do, and they will continue to stand out in the hobby, especially since Pokemon is making moves that go away from those from those sort of promos, especially as much as that they as much as they've made. Um, let's see. This is the I'm looking at the Mega Charizard. This is the Y. This is the yellow one. Let's see how many tens there are. It's not telling me the pop here. Let's look. I'm, I'm, I'm on the APR. That's why. Yeah. Another another set of cards that have been experiencing the same. I don't know if you've seen these, but the Scream cards. Around a thousand, yep. Have been going pretty nuts still too. Yeah. I mean so both the Mega Charizard X and Y are both around like the Mega Charizard X is ten fifty three, the Y is eleven twenty nine. So they're pretty much around the same amount. And I imagine most are gonna be around the same. Let's look at the Carrazza, yeah, eleven hundred. Uh, the shiny one is around eleven hundred. The other one is just over a thousand. I mean, they're most they're they're around a, a thousand. Now that could continue to change, um, but I mean, you're looking at. I don't think you're looking at much more than that. Maybe fifteen hundred it reaches, but that's not going to make enough of a difference. So let's these are the poncho where people mega battles. Yeah, where's the gear? But anyways, yeah, like they're they're around a thousand in, in, in a PSA ten. Um, if that says anything. Like that's true scarcity, right? Yeah, that's it's, not like your Altar Umbreon. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you said, Pokemon's kind of leaning away from doing this. I mean, their solution is make even more amazing cards, hence the Umbreon, but put them in a set to where they're mass produced. So it's like, yeah, if this twentieth Festa Pikachu was in a set, it'd be very desirable. It'd be a chase card, I'm sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be like if they made an alt art that looked like it, it'd go crazy. But, uh, yeah, they they just continue. They're, they're putting all their 
collectability in the artwork. So they know now that they make awesome cards like the Umbreon featuring a nice Pokemon like Umbreon or Charizard or something like that. You know, if they really make a quality card, they can, you know, basically appeal to players, collectors all in one. So, yeah, any promo that we do get, like Special Livery Charizard, Pikachu, Bidoof, those cards, you know, are going to be way more highly produced than anything in the past. So, hopefully... The days of scarce cards like these promos are over. Um, even with the Paldea, with all the Paldea starters on it, um, that that promo's gotten really cheap. These Unagaba cards, I think you can buy a pack with one of the cards in it for like under $5. So I think it's random which one you get. But yeah, you can buy all these awesome collabs like super cheap Anything that is limited, like the Precious Collector Box, um, maybe the Special Collection coming out at the end of this year with the decks in it, you know, that stuff might be a little more tricky, but I think they're learning. I mean, we saw that with Charizard UPC. They, they went above and beyond on the Charizard UPC, and then they printed that to the ground. So a lot of people were still recovering from that and uh you can you can pick some of those up some uh, sub 100 right now so yeah i can't even find a psa 9 in the 20th anniversary festa psa 9 are insane. there's only 58 of them there's only there's only 58 of them so compared to 900 or 800 plus of the psa 10 but i can't even find the like i typed it in psa 9 is like none showing up. Let me look at what the last pop was. The last sold. It's a PSA price. They're saying twenty five hundred. Um, it says most recent price is one hundred twenty four. Like it's so they can't even find anything with it. Like twenty five hundred. Like I can't even find it. So that means there's probably hasn't been one sold in the last ninety days, right? Yeah, probably not. I don't think I've ever seen one like, go to auction since like I've been looking. That's the reason why I still have a 10, because, you know, there for a while, I was just buying the 9s and selling the 10s, but that was one card, like, I never found the 9 in, because it's it's so rare. And if one pops up, that's the price point, like, people are more likely to buy, so. Well, and then you have, in addition to those cards you mentioned, kind of to a lesser extent, is the other festas from that era like the one with gengar and youtube those are honestly okay so psa 10 2015 pokemon japanese uh promo battle festa the one with the mega mewtwo's in the background with, with pikachu that one's a solid card right it's not like the most amazing hour but that's still a pretty cool card um and a 10 one sold for it early may for just 600 bucks 580 has hoopa in the background I mean, these cards are pretty cool. Like, these cards are probably going to be some of the ones that I might even get to because they are pretty neat. That seems undervalued, does it not? Yeah. 580 bucks. Like, that seems incredibly... Like, the, the, the Altar Umbreon is worth more than that. And that just doesn't seem right to me. Which card is that again? The... 
the 2015, this one that I'm looking at is the 2015, is uh, yeah. the Pokemon Japanese Battle Festa, because they, they, they have a few of them. The other one is the one with Gengar in the background. They had this one, so they had the one with Gengar, they had the Mewtwo, then in 2016 they had the 20th anniversary. That's the most famous one. That's the most desirable one. I want to say, really like say they made those all the way through 2018, if I'm not mistaken. There, Yeah, there's something else. There, There's another one here. Let me... Let me just do it and let me change it with 2017. 20, let's change it 2014. 2017, we know which one 2016 is. Yeah. All those other dates have been, yeah, pretty affordable, though, because the 20th has just been. That's the one with Sylveon, I think. No, that's Gengar. Never mind. Yeah. I, I think going with Gengar is pretty cool. It's Sylveon in, in the background. That's pretty cool. But. Yeah, those those cards like we we were mentioning like these cards, you know, they're kind of still under the radar. I would even say, have said Mario. We even we when we, when you got your Mario, we were even talking about how we feel like they're undervalued because they are some of the crown jewels in the hobby, and I still say they're undervalued. I really do. Yeah, I think the nine should be around five thousand dollars. I think the ten should be around ten grand. I I absolutely do. Yeah, the twentieth uh, festa with this last month's hike, like that makes sense to me. I don't see how it can go much higher though. Right now, maybe down the road, but yeah, if that thing's went up that much, then yeah, you're talking maybe five to six for Mario. Um, then maybe the scream cards, like for some Those reason. Those are the next ones, yeah. For some reason, yeah, I, I imagine the green cards right where they're at to be just fine, but I'm sure we'll see those go up a little more. But, uh, yeah, it's just insane all around. Um, I don't know. I can't recommend people to buy into this, like, because things that went up so much in the last month for these promos. With the 20th but... anniversary, I would say no. The 20th anniversary at this point, stay pat. Um, because that's a lot of a lot of money, but I would say everything else, go for it now. Straight up. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about you worry about the Mario, it's already doubled since last year. <laughs> the, the PSA 9, if you look at it, like this time last year, they were like 1300 bucks, 1300 bucks. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can tell people, you know, you can't go wrong with this card, but does the pricing make sense? You know, like I said, a lot of people are looking at 2020 and they're afraid of, a crash already, even though it's been going on a month. But like we said, Japanese, especially Japanese promos, is a different beast. Um, these aren't mass-produced cards. These were before the hype. Um, and, yeah, they're they're super, identifiable, uh, super identifiable and major staples in the hobby for sure. So, yep. You gotta make your plans. Um, and, we we uh, shared our Collecticon plans for a while now, and still trying to figure out. I might be bringing quite a bit more to Collecticon than I thought because you never know, you know what could happen. I might bring my nine Mario because you know I do have the potential to sell all those things. I'm still planning on selling, and maybe the Mario as well, and upgrading. So there's always a chance there. I might bring 
my settled Lurkana and just see what offers I get. Yeah, I'm thinking of bringing that too. Just seeing if somebody gives there. me, if somebody gives me a 50k cash offer, I'm probably selling right then and there, straight up. But I don't think anybody's going to do that because that's above what the market is for my cards. Even though I think it's worth it, I I don't think somebody will do it. But if you get 50k cash offer. You know, that's something where that's pretty hard to ignore. But I doubt that'll happen. Um, but there was a guy that sold. You, you remember hearing this? It was at the Denver Con. Somebody sold a 10 set for like 25K. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. They met up. They sold it. And then they met up in person. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I don't know. And then, you know, another thing that we talked about that to, to get, get your move on was the EV Hero Bucks. Um, when I sold my, well, we, we even talked about it on here. We were like, I don't know if I, I don't know, if, I can't remember if it was on here or if it was through like our like communication that we've, that we were saying. I was like, I hate the fact that I'm selling this, but it's worth it because it's going towards Lorcana because I could see on eBay it was pushing up between seven eight hundred dollars it was like but it was still there were some that was like 720 750 some that were like 620 650 but like you could see the trend going based on who the prices that were on ebay like buy it now it's not auctions buy it now it's what they were asking for and i was like man this thing's about to push 800 bucks and and i was like i had to move it quick i had to move it asap to try to get enough to be able to go for the set and i ended up selling it off ebay um some guy messaged me, and then we communicated on Instagram. It was like five seventy. I sold it for um, to try to get the money ASAP. And I mean, now they're about they're pushing almost twelve hundred. Um, Thirteen hundred. I see one is, is is the best offer. It's one of those things where I don't regret it because I put it in something that went up two thousand percent with what I put into it, so it was worth it. But it, it just sucked because I sold it literally like a month, like two months before it hit the next, the next price point. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes you kind of have to make those decisions. I wouldn't say make decisions like that unless you know it's incredibly worth it. Yep. Yeah, you gotta you gotta plan it. You know, it sucks to sell when you don't realize the gains. But if that money immediately goes into something else, which you know, I highly suggest planning out you know with us it was the Lorcana where we you know realized we need to sell some things that we may not have wanted to um Mm -hmm. for me it was Lorcana and then I sold all my tens and Lorcana to buy the nines because I kind of used it as a double whammy so I sold stuff to get Lorcana traded down for Lorcana, use that money to also buy those promos. So yeah, it was not an ideal time to sell Lorcana. Um, especially the tens could have waited, but in doing so I had a plan and I put that money into something else that I believed in. And now here we are. Good thing I did. Um, and same with you. Like, yeah, it wasn't an ideal time, especially not now, According to your beliefs, you know, it's not good to sell Lorcana unless you got that cash offer. And, yeah, I'm sure you would immediately look towards something like those promos as well 
if you I did, would get so. to Mario. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's. I was kind of potentially thinking about including the ponchos. Like the whole this whole time, the plan was Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, complete most of my binder sets. But seeing the movement on these, I'm inclined to skip the binder set altogether and go straight for the promos, straight for the ponchos and the Mario, Luigi, Pikachu. Um, because the way things are going, these nines are about to be fifteen hundred bucks before the end of the year. Yeah. You know, the way the way things are going, and I would say that's adequate. I think the I think the ten should be between twenty five and four thousand dollars based on which one you're looking at. Likewise, I think the nine should be between twelve and seventeen hundred dollars. It's one of those things where I hate saying this because I'm the one that's gonna be buying it, but like you know, I was going to be putting towards about 3000 towards the binder set, so I might as well get the ones that I want. And, I mean, I want the Rayquaza line and the, and the Magikarp line, and I think which ones I go for is probably going to be Shiny Rayquaza, and it's probably going to be the Carp. Yeah. Go, go after my two favorite ones I want, get those off the, off the table, and then eventually get the other two. Or just say, screw it, and just get all of them at one time and just kind of there's money I was going to put towards like being able to flip, obviously, just kind of take a hit on the on that on the short run, and just get that out of the way because then I got all my grails done. Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, well, almost all the grails, but like the main ones. Yeah. Like there's there's other ones like the Astro Ninja and like a ten or something like that with the Satoshi Mark, but like those are so niche for the time being that I'm okay being patient with those. Yeah, it's like for me, I still have those. Like that first edition ungraded set. I don't really care about the non-hollows. Yeah, it'd be nice to grade the whole set and have that as like a personal collection item. But it's like those cards are always going to be way more available than these promos. So do I need to make a decision about those right now? Or even my gold stars. Like, you know, I just need to think about it. So pretty insane. Let me look at one thing we didn't mention was the uh, beauty looking back Pikachu. You said it was reaching, I mean, six hundred bucks. Um, this most recent one was four hundred. Yeah, I think see. I think they were running about four hundred or so. If I they were, right. but maybe three fifty at the all time low. I think mine. I sold mine based on four fifty um, price evaluation. Is what I sold mine a few months ago, but. But that was kind of towards the low. Um, so I kind of knew that those were going to increase. But here's the thing with these. I wouldn't be so concerned about these because of uh, there's a lot of these intents. Um, there was, I think, 80,000 made. So just do the math. With Relative how well to they- how common they are, though, you don't see as many as you think you would. Like, you do see a lot, but... You don't see as many as you think you should on eBay because that was still during 2021 when it was. I mean, just just two weeks ago. It's weird because okay, so there's one that sold just last week, and it's May 28th for 700. But then just two weeks before, it was 400. You know, so that's pretty much what it's been. I think people are starting. This is where a card people are starting to freak out a little bit. Um, This is a card that there's a lot of. There's a lot of these that I can't imagine. Maybe I could see him hitting a thousand, but I can't see him hitting much more than that simply because of how many that there are. Yeah. But it it is one of those cards that fall into that 
unique desirable promo yeah that it is. is also below a thousand which a lot of those cards are not below a thousand so it, it is in that weird category where it it hangs with the big boys as far as the artwork but it is still because of the factors you said so cheap but maybe that's why people are starting to hoard this one and you know, based on the other promos, it should be more expensive, but based on the numbers and it being 2021 and not 2016, you know, it makes sense. But it's kind of safe to say, like, if any card was... 6,000. Yeah, if any card was supposed to be pushing a 1,000 out of those cards like that, that's a good that's a good one to bet on. So, Well, it's there. there's over 6,000 tens of that card. Yeah, yeah, it'll take 6, a while, but and like there's it's what is that sixty five sixty three hundred almost sixty four hundred out of seventy two hundred that is what is that like a ninety percent like did that tells you anything I'm I'm just saying but you're right I mean yeah you are right with that with that mentality if you buy it now this cheap like I wouldn't buy it right now if they're kind of going up that's probably I would wait to let 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 it settle. But that's one of those cards. If you buy three, like four hundred bucks, and a ten, that's a card that probably will hit kind of between seven hundred and twelve hundred, because it is unique, and it's one of those things that could easily go up in value within a few years. Like within, so let's look at say just like five years, right? So twenty or five years from its release, let's say twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. That's a card that could be a thousand dollars, you know, and that if you bought a lot of it, like four hundred, three four hundred. Bottom raw, or even I mean, that would be a good play, but but that's a lot of money in one card for that long, yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like you said, it's safe to safe to go up, but yeah, I like the Cramorant it, it'll be a little, anything. it'll be a little <laughs> longer play. I have grown to like the Cramorant a little bit, um, like where I, I only wanted the beauty Pikachu, but now I kind of want to keep both. I liked it. I mean, I know they're both like paying homage to like a famous art, right? But I just like that one immediately. Um, I just think, I don't know. Like, I do like, it is unique. Like, the, the Pikachu one is good, but like, I do like the Cramorant more. And the Cramorant one just sold today, 165. So that one's pretty much been steady this whole time. 150. It's been pretty much around that price now for a while. And it's if it were any other Pokemon besides if it were like a with that artwork, if it were like, I don't know, an Articuno or something, it yeah. would be probably double it would be double what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it is a very cool one though. I've grown to like the Cramorant, but Knowing that I've grown to like the Cramorant, it's like, well, dang, now if I just like one set of cards, should I buy them all? Like, should I buy, you know, the Luigi because I like the Mario so much? Should I buy back all the Scream promos because I like the Mimikyu so much? So, <laughs> Well, with the Mario and Luigi, you can't have one without the other, in my opinion. That's the way I associate those two and always will. And, like, you were the younger brother, too, right? But your brother yeah. was a little bit older. But for me, I was the younger, and I always had to play second. I, I mean, anybody that was a younger brother knows exactly what I'm talking about. Always had to be number Luigi. two. And yeah, Nick can never be number one. Always had to be Luigi. Same thing with with everything. And it was one of those things where nowadays, like for like 
Mario Party. It's kind of funny, actually. With like Mario Party, anytime I could choose Mario, I chose Mario. And he's 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 a character I play to this day. Um, and I I swear, in the original Mario parties, it was biased towards Mario. I swear to God, it it, it could not have been just me being look. There there had to be a slight variance towards Mario in the original three Mario parties. He's like, if you put on bonuses, I swear, I always got the star. Like, if you put on like, bonuses, like, 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 if randomly get bonuses, you know, like, you know, you move and like, there's like the block and you hit it, it's star, boom. <laughs> the next star anyway, spawns right in front of you. Yeah, or something like that. It always, I, but you know how it is with Mario Party. Whoever's in the lead in the final five turns becomes it becomes a bloodbath. Yeah. Everybody just goes after you. Alliances are thrown out the window. Everybody backstabs <laughs> everybody. But, uh, um, but no, it's it's one of those things where I have to have both. I have to have Mario and Luigi. I can't just have just one. Um, now the ponchos it changes a little bit, but that's kind of like I don't need all of them. But I do kind of want like the Gyarados line and like the Rayquaza line. But if I had to just get one, I would just get the Magikarp, and I would just get the shiny Rayquaza, and I would be happy with just those two. But I would like the the mall. But like with the screen promos, I don't need all the screen promos. You know, um, those are cool. I was happy with just the Kamiya. Artwork. Yeah. Actually, what are those going for? You said they're going up. They were about what two hundred for the longest time and a nine. Which one's the screams? Yeah, the scream side. The PSA ten was hitting six seven hundred last year. Holy shit! What <laughs> <laughs> you seeing on those? Uh, well, the tens. So they were six seven hundred sometime last year. They doubled. Um. This guy bought it now on May 31st for two grand. Another one at an auction for May 28th, 1700. 1300 buy it now. So the guy overpaid. I would say, I mean, yeah. I, I thought about stretching for that 10 too back in the day. I didn't have, have the money at, at the time though. Um, now I kind of wish I, I would have done it. The whole set was sold for just over 9,000 last week. Yeah. yeah. Trying to Vegas find my 20. Excel sheet here. Yeah, so let's see the nine because the 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 tens were six seven hundred like this time last year. I swear. Um, here, let's see if, we, if the eBay's price trend will say anything. Sometimes it's pretty. Yep, yep. Here it is. So six forty five, June thirteenth, twenty twenty two. I told you. <laughs> so it's doubled in a whole year, um, and I would say that's pretty accurate. I don't know what the pop report on is on those. I would have to, I would have to look it up. But that one was free, right? It was the one you had to pay was the Mimikyu and Pikachu at the Scream exhibit. Yeah, those were the big ones. Yeah, the, the Pikachu these were you got in person. Then you had a Mimikyu, you had to buy something. So Mimikyu is the most expensive. And let's... Pop report, pop report, pop report. I think this is it. Here we go. Munch here, side up two eighty six. Munch there is one seventy two. So around a thousand again. Nine. There's a lot. So yeah, those cars. The biggest issue with the side up was the centering. That's why so many. That's why there's so many nines. There's almost triple the amount of nines. Um, so one thousand seventy two tens for this for the Munch side up, and twenty seven twenty nine nines. But yeah, the centering was was the biggest issue with those. It wasn't like. Like corners or dings, it was just centering, which just got awful with those. So that's probably why some of the tens are the way they are. Um, like all the ones I was trying to eye were, were kind of like that. 
So yeah, even the even nines have gone up. The nines are now three hundred. When I when I bought yours, it was like what one fifty. Uh yeah, something maybe two fifty. I don't think it was that much, but it did. Like those have gone up, so those have doubled as well. But you know the, the price makes sense, right? There's almost triple the amount of nines, and those are three hundred compared to the twelve, thirteen hundred for the tens. Like that makes sense. There's gonna be a big price disparity there. Um, and those nines will trickle up too. Is but that might be one I get in a ten eventually, but not. That's like low priority since I already have a card. Yeah. Trying to find some things that I sold here. But again, you know, we've been saying this all episode. Like, these are the crown jewels in the hobby. These are the cars that stand out. Like, the Scream, like the Munch promos are some of the most unique promos that they've ever made. And it's, guess what? It's a collaboration card, and it does well. And guess what? The Mario Pikachu are a collaboration card, and it does well. This is why I want to see what we both want to see more collaborations in the future. It doesn't have to be Goku. It doesn't have to be Naruto or Ichigo. It can be held. The Da Vinci, you know, that, that'd be cool. <laughs> how much is the... Like the Da Vinci uh, How much is the Rowlet PSA 10 Scream uh, for? It's probably like the least desirable one. Yeah. Because you got your Kamiya collectors going after the. Uh, yeah, those are 187 and 9. Two, so 200. One just sold. Where are they in a 10? Let me see. Um, best offer accepted at on 688. So less than 700. Best offer, less than 700. Best offer, less than 700. This one had got 700. Um, so even that one's going up, it looks like. Yeah, I sold mine. 610 on a bit. October 22, not even a year ago, for 200 bucks. Tripled. So we're seeing it in real time, all of these. And I think I have a sale. How much is the EV and a 9? Sold that for yeah. 200 bucks as well. Uh, the EV's probably going to be higher because it's EV. And a nine, I'm guessing that's. Oh, and a nine. Well. Oh, you wanted. Well, the ten is around twenty four hundred, uh, just under twenty four hundred. Nine is about four hundred one, which just sold today. Um, and that four seventy on the thirty first, so three days ago. All right, one more. What is the Pikachu in a ten? Because that one I sold during hype. And that's a card, actually. One, one sold uh, May thirty first. Buy it now for four thousand. Um, best one was had to buy it now or best offer. Somebody paid the full thirty five hundred. That was a twenty eight. Um, twenty six best offer at thirty four hundred. Thirty five hundred May twenty fifth. So yeah, then this guy overpaid. It looks like they they bought it. Buy it now at five k. Maybe that sale drew, drew every all these other ones out. It's hard to say. But yeah, it's pretty comfortably around thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars right now. What what do you sell yours for? I think it was around three thousand. Let me look. So it's so it's gone back on the it's gone I mean he sold well. I mean now it's gone back up there. It took a while, but and that was during hype too. I timed it well, but now it's like back up, so And then the Mimikyu, let's do the Mimikyu. I'm curious because that was the rarest one. 
Did you sell your ten EMQ or did you keep the ten and buy the nine? I sold the ten and bought the nine. Those are six thousand. Ten and ten. But that's just one buy now. Let me. The Mimikyu is probably one of the coolest though, because the design of that Pokemon goes well with the uh, goes well with the background. So best offer for so yeah, take a look look at this. So March twenty third, best offer accepted. They listed at three thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. So basically four k right, and that was March twenty third. Best offer accepted listed at just under four k on. May 28th, 7th, so was it just last week, buy it now at $6,000. And the guy has a 100% feedback on just over 900 ratings, so a legit seller. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of nuts, actually. Like, these are all the Japanese promos, and this is all in the last four to six weeks we're seeing this. And I, it's deservingly so. I, I, I really think that. Um, you have all these cards from, like, they're mass-producing. Like, we just saw, right, just like last week, Pokemon produced more than cards ever in one year. They broke the record from last year. 9.7 billion cards they made this this past year. From March 2022 to March 2023, they made 9.7 billion. Up 600 million from the previous year, which was 9.1 billion. Yeah, so, you know, you that, have it was that. like four billion yeah. or something but so. yeah it's yeah they they don't have good records before 2016 um they kind of have it with like era like from 2016 it's legit you know that these numbers are accurate before then it's just kind of an estimation um was it like between watsi and like 2015 or 2016 it was like 14 billion or something like that yeah and then now we're at like 60 billion like if that puts it in perspective like where we're at now um so you can just yes, I know that Altar Umbreon was like one in eleven hundred cards and all that, but it's art is truly iconic. It is truly incredible. It has this um, Van Gogh Starry Night sort of feel, and it is an incredible card. But it's still staying at like ten or a thousand dollars. I mean, and you know what's weird is I think eventually it made sense for that card to be there. Okay, it's going down. It's eleven hundred. The Japanese with six K makes sense that that was even harder to pull. Yeah. Um, so eleven hundred and a ten. I don't know. I, I think it should be around eight to nine hundred personally. Yeah, it is. It is kind of cooled off a little bit and sliding down. It will be slow, but yeah, it's a. Uh, if you if you bought it at seventeen hundred. Yeah, if you from one of those guys that bought it at seventeen hundred, you use it as a lesson learned. <laughs> Yep, just take it. Eighteen hundred, yeah. Just take the L. Take the L. We all did it. I did it. Dirt with uh, a few of my cards, like the RCS cards. I I don't even know what the fours and fives are going for, but I know I, I overpaid on those. Um, at the time, I didn't think they would go down as much as they did, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you just got you got to live and learn, right? Like you know, we so. Learning from 2020 and like the airs, like buying when to buy and sell and all that, I saw the same like sort of factors and I applied those factors to the Lorcana that was occurring back in like October and November. I sold the card at the all time at the time at the all time high for the PSA nine, like fourteen hundred dollars, 
And I was like, I can't believe I got it. I can't believe I got it. Somebody else sold it for like fourteen fifty after me or something like that. And then it started going down. I'm like, yes, yes, timed that perfectly. And I, now it's it's about half there, right? And yeah. I I got mine. End up being like twelve hundred bucks or something like you know. End up being like because of the sales tax, like just over thirteen hundred. Um, kind of wish at the time. I would have made the eBay vault thing and just had it sent there, so I saved like a hundred bucks on sales tax. But going forward, that's that's what I plan on doing. Um, but it's just one of those things you just kind of have to live and learn. You gotta you gotta understand that you're in a FOMO situation and not just yolo it with your money. You know, yeah. you got to be smart about it. Unless you just have plenty of money, just doesn't just doesn't care. But you know, a lot of people our generation don't quite have that, and being smart about money is what helps you be able to be more successful later on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just crazy right now. You really got to plan it out, learn your lessons. And a lot of people who bought into the 2020 hype without experience, you know, got burned out or lost a lot of money. But even in a so-called downward market, there's moves to be made. But hobby still, once again, growing stronger than ever and very hot, especially on the Japanese side. So... There's always moves. There's always a bull market somewhere. And, uh, yep, it's uh, pretty pretty nuts. A lot of people said, you know, when we getting back to the 2020 hype, like, we're we're still in it. So you just got to look in the right places. Might not be the modern AR. English anymore, but Yeah, I was going to say, the AR, the AR4 that I bought, that's the uh, Kuki Saito, or not, uh, the, that's the Saito artwork, the ice one. That one's about 450 yeah. I bought mine for like 700 so that's gone down, but I knew that one would be like the main one. That one, the RCS AR5, which I can't even find a PPSA 10, because those were the least popular port-wise. I don't know how many there still are, um, but I can't even find a 10 on, on the previous sold. I'm trying to, but like I can't find it. Yeah, and those are just one of those things, like too niche, like very good for the price, but don't know if they'll ever get the limelight. No. Like 20th anniversary no. or all those. Get. Yeah, no, they'll never go that high. It's one of those cards where they could hit a grand a piece, though, because they are pretty cool. And they, anything, so this is, uh, so that's what, you know, that's Gen 4. Um, anything from black, anything before black and white um, has a chance of doing well. Now, I know it's kind of like the, for, like, kind of like, I don't want to say the loss there, but like, the, the, things are slowly getting back, but. You know, it's this just a matter era, of like how niche it is and like yeah, how important yeah. it is to people, because there are a lot of cards in that forgotten era. So there are that are good. That's exactly what it is, you know, forgotten. So forgotten for all time. I can't even see a ten on eBay. Holy shit! I can't even see a ten. That's weird. I mean, I assume that card's around the same amount as the four, around four or five hundred. But yeah. I bought that one from six seven hundred. So yeah, those cards have gone down a little bit, but not a whole lot. The other ones are what plummeted. I, I bought the average was like three fifty four hundred. Now they're under two hundred. So yeah, they they have gone down a lot. Um, but again, that those are those are other ones where I sold almost all the other ones to help fund the, the Lorcana. So it was just one of those things that it was worth it to me. I took the L because I saw a chance to increase the gains that I've lost from buying these cards. So. Yeah, that's how you got to look at it. 
But anyway, I think uh, time-wise, we're kind of crunching. Um, mm-hmm. If you got questions, we can hit them, or we can save them for next uh, time, or anything. It's not really. It's it's pretty quick. It goes with what we just did. Um, it's kind of one five-year and ten-year projections on some of the Japanese promos. We don't have to do all of them, but uh, I think it'd be kind of fun. Kind of, it just kind of goes with what we had. I don't know if you wanted to do that or not. Yeah, let's do. Yeah, let's do the ponchos, the twentieth, and the Mario. I guess. Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and begin with the Mega Charizard Poncho Pikachu in a PSA ten. Right now, the most recent one sold in a four. Where do you think it's going to be in one, five, and ten years? So four thousand as a ten. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in one year. One year, I think it'll be. If one just sold at four thousand, I think one and a year would be between four thousand and five thousand. I don't think it'll go up too much more. I agree with you. I agree with you. About five years, I think you might be looking at seven, eight thousand. So maybe double. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And 10 years, though, man, I don't know. That's where it gets interesting because our generation is going to start having significant higher buying power. You're talking about more individuals receiving inheritance, people in more of their main job that they're going to work at, so they have a higher income. So that's what makes it interesting. That allows the hobby to grow. Yeah, barring barring everything, like if Pokemon continues on their path of, you know, not doing much more of these cards, then, yeah, I think maybe... Ten to fourteen thousand would be the range there. I kind of agree. I'm thinking maybe upwards of twenty k in ten years, though, for that one. Um, now, kind of going with y'all, all the other contributions, because more or less they're about the same. The maybe shiny is about ten percent higher than the others, but the shiny requires it. But I would say you're looking at in a year, you're looking about three to thirty five hundred, um, maybe four thousand. Five years, you're looking at six to seven thousand. Ten years, you're looking between ten and fifteen thousand. That's kind of what I'm thinking with all the other Poncho Pikachu's. Yeah. What about the old Mario? The old Mario. So it's already doubled in the last year. Um, I don't see it doubling within the next year. I think I've been saying since last year, it's going to be about three, maybe 3,589 at most within the next year. So that's, I'm going to stick to that. Um, Now in five years, I think in a 10, you're looking between, or in a nine, you're looking between five and 7,000. I think in 10 years and a nine, you're looking in about 10 to 15,000. And a 10, you're looking, I think, between 20 and 30,000, like around 25,000 for that card. It's going to be more than the Mega Charizard Poncho. So if we think about twenty thousand in ten years, I'm thinking about twenty five to twenty seven thousand ish for the for, in a ten for that card. Yeah. Now the twentieth anniversary festive. Yeah. <laughs> this one, this one's throwing me like way for a loop because yeah, like a month ago I would have said maybe six to eight thousand in a year 
but over the last month, it's went from six to fifteen. So <laughs> I don't know. In a in a year, I would say maybe twelve. I think the hype dies down. Yeah. I think it pulls back yeah. slightly. I I agree. I think it's it's in the last month it's almost doubled. I don't think that's sustainable. I think ten to fifteen thousand within the next year seems accurate. Um, yeah, maybe five years down the road it'll be it'll be a healthy fifteen, maybe twenty. In ten years, maybe twenty, twenty-five. I just, I don't think it'll like reach in, insane heights, but it'll always be like a major staple. But, I think you're looking at about forty thousand in a PSA ten. Yeah, I like I like your estimates for for my personal gain, but I just don't see. I think the the main reason being is the economic growth that's going to occur with the with our generation and the hobby. Um, you kind of saw this. Yes, there was like a huge downtrend in the early '90s for the sports world. Um, I don't see that occurring with Pokemon, but now we're seeing crazy highs on a lot of these cards. And I think with the buying power, if you include buying power and just standard like four percent or so of inflation a year. I think forty to fifty thousand dollars in ten years isn't that crazy because that's probably the equivalent of like thirty thousand dollars now, thirty thirty five thousand dollars now without doing it any math, just kind of like gauging it. You, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's about that isn't far off is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And with less than a thousand PSA tens, with it being one of the most iconic cards in the hobby, Canto starters. I mean, it's. It's got everything working for it, literally. Every single factor it has working for it. And because of that, I am very, very... I got a very bull run aspect on it. Yeah. Bullish. I'm very bullish is the proper term. But yeah. Yeah, it's got it all, but that's a, that's a big number, though. <laughs> it is. It is. But, I mean, I think it's justified. Because if you look at the cards, yes, you have set cards of first edition with the natural scarcity and with how many were able to be tens. And if you look at other cards in the hobby, there's few cards that are able to have that kind of pull. Yeah. And with it being in XY era during the, the first, well, I guess the second, if you count the first initial like craze for Pokemon 2016 era, like the, the biggest hype that we saw at that point. And then we saw like five years later, the, the third biggest hype, or I should say, but the next biggest hype, and those cards were well-known and a part of the hobby. So you have everybody in this hobby that are familiar with... Well, I should say everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with those cards. And they stand out, even to this day. Yeah. And I think with those factors and those standing out, and as we're, we get further removed from that era, you have another factor of nostalgia that comes with it. In addition to the childhood factor, you have this youth, this, like teenage college nostalgia kind of like you know the pokemon go when that started and then you have a 2020 nostalgia that goes up like oh i remember those cards i i think be, those factors allow it to have multi-generational with individuals in the hobby the people that collect the old the people that collect the new the both the people, people that collect both i think they both enjoy those cards and because of that it reaches the general audiences within the hobby because of that it's going to be reach heights that we might not see with a lot of other cards yeah 
essentially they might not be quote unquote trophies, but they're going to be just as viable. Yeah, they will if, if, uh, for sure. Like remain yeah. the icons, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. If a Kanga could go for for fifty, sixty thousand dollars, that's like boring as hell. But it, 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 <laughs> but it, but it, it reaches those heights because of the scarcity and its place in the hobby. I see no reason why something like a Mario Pikachu or cards like that couldn't reach. Yeah, because it's it's kind of it's similar on on a different scale, right? With 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 what the Umbreon is, the Umbreon is what it is because of social media hype and the, the individuals that make that their grail card from those that have came into the hobby. And because of that, I think that outweighs the difference in numbers compared to the Kanga that merits its price. That's my opinion on it anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I hope it goes to your numbers, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what's going on. But Yeah. But I better get off here. My Yep. I've been kind of dragging the last half of the episode because my allergies are getting to me. But okay, hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Uh, should be shaping up to be quite good timing for our Collecticon visit. So mm-hmm. hopefully the Japanese market still going strong because I got a lot of Japanese slabs I'll be trying to sell. <laughs> so yeah, I might bring my heavy hitters to trade the nines and some cash for maybe upgrades. So uh, maybe I'll uh, make a little video here soon showing you guys everything and laying out my plans. And maybe we can record some video at Collecticon to show you those deals. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. See you all later. Peace.